I'm Lindsay Curtis, and this is Her Return, a podcast devoted to women making the journey of returning home to their divinely human, feminine essence. Each episode is an opening up of a real-life topic with experiential techniques and tools to support you on your journey home. Hello, beautifuls, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to (laughs) sitting down again with my dear soul sister, Carrie Prager, for this podcast episode. You may remember Carrie from our episode number 10 that we did together, where we opened up all about uh, Chinese medicine and Carrie's magical wisdom. And it has been almost 30 years since that podcast episode, which is so exciting for the podcast. I thrilled when I was looking at that. And um, yeah, Carrie and I are sitting down today to have an amazing conversation all about midlife, perimenopause, menopause. What is this window of initiation all about? And I'm so excited to share Carrie and all of her wisdom with you. So Carrie, thank you, thank you, thank you. The stars are finally aligned for us to record. <laughs> I know, three years. Wow. Wow. And welcome. Just back. like just like that. I'm thrilled. <laughs> And so I, in episode number 30 with Delphine, we were talking about menopause because she shares very uh, beautifully, tells us about an experience with her mother actually going through menopause and what that did uh, to her experience and how it really inspires Delphine's work in the world. And what during that conversation, I was like, oh my God, Carrie, we need to have this conversation. <laughs> and pinging back and forth and catching up um, as, as our beautiful love relationship allows us to. Uh, but here we finally are for this episode. And you've been sharing so much in the world through your social media outlets about this uh, time space, this kind of liminal space, if we could say. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so excited. So like <laughs> definition, because before oh. I had never even heard the word perimenopause. I know, I know, right. And I think even probably when we had first met, I can actually recall like in 2017, we were on Lady Island in Bali doing our thing. And I can recall somebody in our group talking about menopause or perimenopause and at 42 at that point I'm 47 in a couple of weeks time um, I can remember thinking like even with all of my education and all of my so-called knowledge and all the books and all the experiences and all the things I can remember thinking like when is this perimenopause thing going to quote-unquote happen to me do you know like <laughs> you know <laughs> and never mind the fact that it was already happening within me like you know um and these changes and that that I was already well and truly through the gates of that particular seasonal transition looking around myself like wondering when it was going to happen do you know and so I find that really quite entertaining um and probably quite similar to very many women's experience of just hearing about this stuff and going 
wait, what is that? Is that me? Like, what, what am I experiencing in my life already that might actually be that? Or what horror or weirdness or, you know, calamity awaits around the corner that I don't know about, you know? <laughs> um, and here we are, fast forward a few years later, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're in it, you know? And I think it was partly that experience and then partly reading um, this extraordinary piece of Chinese text which is thousands of years old that talks about this doorway and the um, the internal uh, mechanisms that begin to just slowly transition um, your health from the inside out, the different organs and the different chi flow and, and this, this beautiful passage of uh, text really, you know, was a beautiful lightning bolt aha moment of aha. It all came together. So let me kind of explain a lot of that vagueness that I've just <laughs> shared there. Well, that was just like, the dreaming version. Now we need like Yeah, yeah. Now we need the we need the practical version. So there's that that physical experience of and it's going to be different for every single um, woman of your own aging experience and how that relates to your cycle and whether you've birthed babies or whether you've still got a period at all or whether you've needed some sort of medical surgery. Like every woman's journey within that realm is going to be very, very, very individual. Um, and then from a Chinese medicine perspective, we've got these beautiful cycles of seven years. And so the text that I read really referred to this age of 35 being this doorway um, where that transition can start. Now, anybody who is in their mid to late 30s who is still planning to have babies and who was going through the more mainstream medical model will have probably been tortured on some level with this like once you're 35 you're too old to have babies and all of this um, kind of nonsense it's yeah go. literally called a geriatric yes yes it's literally called a geriatric <clears throat> I know I know I like don't even you know at some point here I would just literally <gasps> want to get up on my soapbox and <laughs> just start banging a drum ranting full tilt but I'm trying to sort of at least sound composed and articulate and educated at this point right call me back down when I get up on my ranty uh platform um so and I that that light bulb went off okay so there's actually a really beautiful delicate elegant piece of truth in there that our bodies are going through potentially depending on your constitution depending on your health depending on your lifestyle depending on your genes depending on so many other factors it's a really delicate turning of the wheel that begins at this point, but it's not a cliff you fall off. You don't plummet, you don't plummet, you know, 45,000, you know, meters to your death. <laughs> it's a turn in the bend. It's a turn in the bend, a gentle arcing of your life seasons, of your, of your aging process, you know, um, and beautifully, elegantly written about thousands of years ago. So I kind of went, okay, this is something that, goodness, wouldn't that be helpful to know? Wouldn't it be helpful to be as a fertile young woman to be told, hey, hey, sister, 
yo, you've got cycles of seven going. <laughs> Welcome to 35. You're still fertile. You're still delicious. You've still got a lot of things going on. And if you've been burning the candle at both ends and you've got really shit genes, then maybe you want to like take a bit of extra care of yourself, you know, um, as you begin to enter into what in Chinese medicine is referred to as these um, metal years. And so I think at some point we probably talked about seasons and that's a whole nother um, beautiful, delicious, dreaming conversation. Um, but practically speaking, I think it's just helpful, helpful to understand that there is these biochemical, um, you know, uh, changes that are happening um, because we are a human animal on planet Earth, you know. Um, and so in my mid-40s, I'm discovering this, going, well, this is a bit late to the party, but how many people can I have this conversation with? Um, and how can this start to inform and support my own journey and the journey of the ladies that I'm treating, my girlfriends, sharing it with my sisters, you know, that it's an open conversation and um, not to gaslight some of the harder elements of the experience, but how can we highlight the positives and highlight and support the um, powerful uh, pieces of it? Mm, I love this. And yes, um, Carrie, feel free to jump up on the box and run <laughs> all over the world. Have full permission. And I'm so excited because, yes, like there. Uh, I love going back to the ancients, whatever ancient culture, there's so many, um, uh, not so many, but there's such richness and depth that I feel is to be really transmitted about the human experience mm. that in the modern medical model, if we're living just in like a hyper city and, and only exposed to a really intense medical model, we lose that, we lose the magic, we lose the dreaming, we lose the imagination mm. and this whole aspect of our humanity mm. that is animal and animals dream like mm. if you've ever uh, your dog or your cat or, <laughs> or your no you see their eyes move when they're sleeping like they're dreaming there's mm -hmm. this whole other aspect of of reality and I feel like opening up I love the way you put this that it's like a transition that can start the arcing of life seasons shifting and and what a beautiful way to look at it, because I've never, I literally have never heard about this uh, transitional point around 35. It makes sense, like this, the seven year uh, pattern is something that, uh, oh yeah, it just makes so much sense. It, it shows up in relationships, it shows up in our bodies every seven years, every cell of our body yeah. renewed. So it takes seven years and you literally have a whole new body. Um, <laughs> and that, that's totally yes. And the only time I've ever heard this age 35 even mentioned anywhere, it's been, if you're pregnant, it's a geriatric pregnancy, you're considered like low high risk and uh, et cetera. And, and yeah. I found that really bizarre. So to bring this in, I feel is like the beauty way coming through. Thank you for giving us new, new words and, yeah. and definitions. Yeah, how individual it is and I love your emphasis as well like yes it's going to depend on uh, how you're embodying nature's rhythm and and how nature's rhythm is embodying through you 
so would you say then this like perimenopausal and of course this is the left brain like coming in and yeah. trying to pin it yeah 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 it's like the perimenopausal uh shift then could be happening around 35 is this what you're calling the perimenopause yeah or is it so after that yeah look I the, the way that I'm talking and look I'm certainly not the god of the you know goddess of all terms and definitions <laughs> but <laughs> but you do come podcast <laughs> yeah, but here I am so this is mine um you know I'm t- I'm referring to this 15 year window between 35 and 50 you know okay. and and so within that window you might still be having your children you might have finished your having your children you might have grown-up kids leaving home you might I mean goodness knows there could be any number of a thousand million beautiful hard wonderful gorgeous things happening in that window it's a really really vital active um alchemical space and our bodies are going through such extraordinary transitions in that time frame um what i really wanted to kind of emphasize and what i've seen and look you know every conversation how, however people might use this term if it's helpful to them great um i'm not saying you know there's only one way to talk about it but a lot of the conversations however helpful they might be for the people having them are really focusing on the symptomologies and and I'm not recognizing, oh, I went into Perry when I started getting hot flushes at 43 or at 46 or at 47 or at 45, my sex drive fell out the door. And that's when I went into Perry. I would encourage and invite women to reflect if they're already there, what was happening for the years beforehand to backtrack and have a look at the different signs, whether it's tiredness, whether it's different um, changes in their cycle, whether it's you know, periods of stress where they got burnt out. But importantly, if you're not there yet, to not necessarily wait until the wheels fall off or you feel horrible or you're, you know, different parts of your life falling apart. So this 15-year window that occurs and there's a lot of beauty in it, oh, and the, what happens when a woman can reflect about the years before yeah. and not just the technology. Yeah, and, and to, to have a look at it in its and entirety you know um because menopause or the menopause i'm wondering if that's a european or an english thing because i'm noticing in articles that i'm reading from the uk they call it the menopause so technically the 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 terminology means that you know 12 months after you haven't after your last period if you haven't had a period for 12 months on the day of that 12 month um period you know, having stopped is the menopause. So your meno has paused (laughs) is is what I'm guessing that's all about. Um, It does sound very official when you call it the menopause for some reason, but I don't care what you call it. Um, That in theory is technically the um definition but having said that there's plenty of women that are you know i will treat and they'll be like yeah i had 12 months off i thought i was in the clear i went on a holiday and i got my period and you're like okay here we go again starting from scratch welcome welcome to month one so you know things but generally speaking that's the agreed definition so you've you've got 
this whole um, time frame beforehand. And I think what really started, I mean, other than my own curiosity and wondering when this thing was going to happen to me, lols, um, and then discovering this beautiful text, talking about age 35 and kind of putting the um, picture together from there. I was hearing a lot of women who were maybe 10 years older than me talking about this kind of car crash happening where they suddenly woke up at 50 or 51 or 49 and all of a sudden this thing that they hadn't even known was coming landed and I thought well the body is pretty clever like unless you have surgery which is a whole nother story or you've got some kind of trauma mental emotional physical trauma that occurs where big changes can happen very very quickly the body is pretty clever like these things don't actually happen overnight so what's happening in that transition beforehand that led up to these you know, points in time where suddenly somebody wakes up and they can't get out of bed and they're hot and they're, you know, they don't feel like themselves or they wake up and they want to flee their marriages and their children and their homes. You know, what, what was happening before these scary hairpin turns, you know? So that's really what started me um, digging and getting curious and looking for answers and, um, and you know, finding this beautiful term that's there for us to use. Mm, I love that. And, and I can see how, you know, just this conversation brings so much more softness and awareness around it, right? I um, just had a conversation uh, recently with a beautiful the podcast, which I believe is going to be episode number 42. And uh, we were talking about birth and how her experience of birth was like uh, an incredible kind of train, like rumble, where she woke up suddenly with two hours later, her baby was born. And I was like, how did that happen? Because I had like, I was feeling things, you know, like at least hours before that. And she was like, yeah, it wasn't connected to my body. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like there are all these subtle signs and things, but it, it depends on our embodiment. It depends on like how how much we're actually in the womb with our consciousness that we can pick up on these things. Right. And so the invitation I would, I would really say for, for all of us is to get more in the body uh, just as a regular yeah. practice will allow us to be able to begin to notice signs and, and these shifts and, and to get each of us to get more curious about, oh, this transitional space. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I think there, uh, you know, in some of the things that I'm reading and listening to, there are, di- are different teachers that are really anti this particular term. So I'm like saying, you know, call it whatever you want call like literally uh, you know it's not a a terminology that names a particular sickness illness pathological state it's a season so in Chinese medicine it's also called the um second spring so you know call it what you will come up with your own name between you and your girlfriends you know um I thought the second spring used to refer to the time after menopause. Generally speaking, yeah. No, no, generally speaking, it is this kind of gateway to the next um, phase of your life. But stretch it out as much as it as you would like. Do you know what I mean? These terms, like as long, 
yeah like uh, I'm a pretty uh, I'm probably a bit too free free form in these things but just you know obviously it's about um well I think it's about finding ways for it to work for you you know so you you don't have the perimenopause you don't have the menopause you're going through a transition call it whatever you will but it's about um being able to give that a name and I think naming then gives us access to get curious about what our version of that experience is Mm. and I'm just reminded of my conversation episode number 36 with Michaela uh Rich sister and how she talks about um the the transition with uranus uh, in our early yes 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 reckoning and i'm like oh so it sounds so similar to this transitional window and, and the star alignment of this the shifting within ourselves so can you talk to us a little bit more about like the internal experience maybe the energetic yeah you know, what we can mm. notice our energy around okay this, this so you're gonna love this you're gonna love this um because this was like you know I had fireworks going off when I read this and I'm going back to this this particular text so this beautiful passage in these ancient textbooks that are literally thousands of years old refer to this um transition that begins in 35 so it actually starts now gut function so you know a lot of from a treatment perspective we will actually look at your gut function and support what's going on there Um, and that makes sense if you're still having children at that age right because you really need that fertile space in your body to be able to make a lot of energy Um, but the bow my which is the um, channel that connects the uterus and the heart or even if you don't have your uterus still your pelvic bowl and your chest your your heart space um hopefully you still have yeah <laughs> pretty sure we need one of those to be here um uh the 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 flow of that for most of our um fertile lives goes from the heart down so it's said that the overflow of the of the um heart chi then fills up that pelvic bowl energy so that um, all of those beautiful um, nourishing heart exercises and breast massage and all of that stuff kind of building the energy in our heart then overflows into our pelvic bowl Mm -hmm. Um, as this transition begins to deepen and we're really into our 40s um, the energy actually starts to reverse so -hmm. the energy from our pelvic bowl is actually coming back up to our heart and so mm. it's it's said um from an energetic and social and cultural perspective and you know some of these ancient social mores aren't necessarily um how we operate these days but the energy from our hearts that was usually going you know to our children to our families to you know creating that immediate home environment and these sorts of things then begins we actually have the internal transition to actually focus on our own heart self to actually focus Mm -hmm. on our own needs um and not only uh 
you sort of build ourselves back up in that heart space. But again, that flows off into our, you know, passion projects, the things that we want to build and see in our lives. It's not so much about children and family um, and even work necessarily. It's really about nourishing our heart as elders and that flowing on to um, our sort of broader, yeah, life, you know, community, um, extended family, but not in that childbearing kind of a way, Mm -hmm. Um, which is just feels so potent and so rich and an invitation for our modern women to really have that final permission. I think even in some of the sort of meme lands, you know, there's this kind of sense of being this older woman and getting to do whatever the fuck you want and nobody knows about it. You know, it's <laughs> like, um, yeah, so some of the really cool conversations that I've had with older um, women who are, yeah, traveling the world, living their dream lives, mm-hmm. giving back to their, you know, broader um, workspaces, you know, creating things that have a meaning for them. I, I really see that um, being an example of how this, this change happens. Um, and practically speaking, again, <clears throat> coming back from the dreaming, back to that left brain again but um this is what can start to create some of the um negative symptomology so we've got all this energy coming up in the body and if we don't know how how to deal with it and it's going to take a little while to know how to deal with that that's where the hot hot flushes and that rising heat feeling happens and why it's important um and i'm excited to kind of experiment because that's what it will be as i'm i'm not there yet but um, some of the practices that we've done together to really anchor into your hips and your um, lower body and to have that strength in your lower body to anchor as that um, channel changes um, and you've got more, more energy coming up in the body instead of going back down. Mm-hmm. I love it. And... I'm just really feeling into like that shift and uh, I've always looked at like hot flashes and, and this kind of like typical uh, symptomology, as you say, of experience of this menopausal transition. I've always looked at the hot flashes as it's literally burning away, whatever hasn't been burnt away yet, whatever hasn't been sounded out or expressed and it can be comfortable right because now we're down on the nitty-gritty physical level and um what I'm really feeling into is this acknowledgement of this transitional phase of the like window space that it is and and with the awareness of yeah really following life because life always brings us life always brings us the invitation uh to go inside she's always going Hey, this is here. Are you going to face it? Hey, this is here. Are you going to face it? And the more we can say, yes, I'll face that. Yes, I'll bring my attention. Yes, I will love that part of me into into its wholeness. The easier these uh, transitions down the road are and can be. Yeah, no, I I really do believe that. And that that doesn't dismiss some of the harder elements or dismiss the reality that some women have got pre-existing health conditions that really really need some help um serious help as and what you said head through this. Surgery. 
Yeah, and what you said also about like how surgery really affects mm. and also yes, like um deep traumas too as well as on on all the on all the levels and even when I say this I'm also really acknowledging mm. the uh, ancestral and intergenerational traumas that are passed down through the feminine line that affect our bodies so deeply yeah. like so yeah the things that I've moved from my from my my body and around my cervix that have never been mine mm. uh, are incredible. So this can also all come oh, up around this. hundred percent, hundred percent. And look, I do feel, I mean, you know, it's, it's never going to be just about me and my experience, right? Because much like yourself, it is about clearing the lines before and after. And I mean, there's some incredible, you know, stats, you know, I do like my data every now and again, but it's, this is the largest cohort of um, women of this age group going through this particular transition. It'll be like over 12% of the population in the next couple of years um, that will be going through this particular season um so it's it's an enormous cultural shift it's an enormous um you know it's a bit hard to ignore 12 percent of the population when they're all having a hot flush do you know what I mean so it's <laughs> talk about a clearing I love this because looking at the you know at, at our dear human family like this is so what's needed and what we've been seeing the last couple of years actually actually is like this transitional perimenopausal window frame. Yeah. If, if this is what you're telling me, because it's the preparation for, yeah, what, what really needs to let go? What are we really going to focus our hearts and our passions upon creating here on earth? And so if, if we can, as a, as a, you know, cohort to really, um, shift you know what what do we need to to care for ourselves better what do we need to do to take care of ourselves so that we're healthy in old age what do we need to do I mean from a from an endocrine perspective you know all of these tiny little glands that are creating all of these changes in our biochemistry um you know there's a um a, a teacher of um, neuroscience. She talks all this. Uh, she wrote a book called um, "The Woman's Brain." I'm going to quote her poorly. Um, I will give you the accurate, the actual name of that book <laughs> by the end of the podcast. Um, but she uses the term "window of vulnerability" in this particular transition. So there's an opportunity. Um, physically, mentally, emotionally, biochemically to really access and care for ourselves in a way that informs incredible health as we age, you know, and there's a giant cohort of us all going through this right now. And that excites me to say, well, there's an opportunity really here to shift that social narrative and to invite more um, women to talk about their experiences and to share their experiences and to ask for help and to and to create systems in our um, you know in our homes and in our broader culture to support women on all different levels. I just want to touch on because I know Carrie, you have been. Is it called the female brain? Because yes, yes, yes. Dr. Sarah McKay. Yeah, I can't see it because I have a spray bottle just standing in front of it. But yeah, 
I know the book. Um, oh, but Carrie, you have really been tracking yourself and also because the medicine woman you are, you love to have your, your uh, blood tests and your numbers, all these beautiful uh, integrative practices, mm -hmm. right? Um, what's my question here? <laughs> know I, I don't know like my clear question but for someone that's starting to go through this like transitional phase I guess what would be your recommendation like is there something that would really be supportive not just in the sense of okay I'm going to track mm. this um is there something that that is really supportive that we could have our eyes on and um, Look, our, yeah. our menstrual cycle is the first port of call to, to, to track your cycle, to track your cycle mm -hmm. and to just notice, just notice what's up, what's down. Does it correlate with stress? Does it correlate with change in diet? Does it correlate with anything at all? Um, you know, just curiosity and paying attention to your cycle is definitely really helpful. If you are on um any kind of menstrual uh, like if menstrual if you're on the pill or something like that obviously your ovaries have been switched off so good luck with that um <laughs> it's all it's all that's a good yeah i had a, a question about mm. this when i was reflecting on a conversation how does someone that's been on contraceptive relate to menopause like what you're, have you have you're you already you're already effectively on hrt if you're on the pill now, that's obviously not accurate, right? So please, all of the people listening, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but you're already on synthetic estrogens and progestins of some sort, depending on which one you're on, right? So your ovaries aren't attending the beautiful endocrine board meeting that's happening in your body every day. Um, yeah. So you aren't going to, you aren't really going um to know where you're at you know what because one element of menopause is that your ovaries are done making eggs you know and and they slowly wind down um what they bring to that um board meeting that i just <laughs> mentioned right so if you're on the pill um that isn't happening if you're on the coil you are still ovulating so there's an element that's going on there but if you get blood tests then obviously that's not going to be accurate as to what your actual biochemistry is because it's still going to then measure um whatever other synthetic chemical is happening in your system as well mm. Mm -mm -mm. but i mean you know that's a, a valid choice i'm not going to ever tell somebody that that's not and so you know, there's the biochemical element of menopause and this sort of window of change. But then, you know, there's so many other levels and layers of it. It's the physicality, it's the aging, it's the beauty myth, it's the feeling seen, it's the, you know, role that you play in your family, in your workplace. I mean, there's so many levels and layers of your sense of self changing and evolving. Um, and what our culture has to say about that or not, um, depending on, you know, where you're lucky enough to live. You know, there's, there's so many different levels there that's not only related 
to your cycle and your ovaries. I mean, that's clearly the heart of the biochemical piece of it that's driving a lot of these changes. Um, but we're a social creature as well, you know, and that's that's another big whole piece of the um, piece of the grieving process, you know, that that comes with this autumn season. If if we're talking back in that dream language, and I was gonna, I wanted to ask that before because when you said entering the metal years, mm. I was gonna say, isn't grief? Yeah, and. and is the invitation for these years and how you know culturally we have such an aversion to grief and we try to protect against it and we don't want to ever talk about death and and, and just um, letting go I, you know, letting go of, of oh we're so death. tight we just gotta hold on <laughs> don't want to go into the unknown what do you think put it all in storage can't we just store all that later <laughs> <clears throat> the storage wow in europe it's not an intent like that you don't see storage units but we're getting ready to go to the u.s and like i'm kind of interested to see like the storage storage is a thing like people have storage units also in australia mm, oh it's a thing it's definitely a thing mm-hmm. right you, you store things in storage because it doesn't fit in your house but you can't get rid of it and you, never, you can't get rid of it Liz. can't let it go <laughs> So uh, perimenopause is going to probably be difficult the more storage units you have inside and outside of the body. body. It is the ultimate clear out. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because whenever we are able to really go through a grieving process, you know, I'm always, I I get to sit with women during grief and in many different ways. experiences of grief I often will have women come to me because I have sat with grief so many dear times throughout my life already and I you know I love grief and I have such deep respect for grief because it just blasts our hearts Mm -hmm. open it just makes so much more space for the true essence of us to come through and that part of us that knows it is all an aspect of life and and I just yeah. have so much love and respect for it. um so I'm so excited that this process is just so natural and there's this window of our life that just in and the more we can surrender and you know recognize we don't have to do it alone there's so many avenues of support there really is and um you know my my deep wish is that the more I can talk about it and more my um friends and you know colleagues can talk about it that the women coming have a lot of different models that have been shown for them a lot of different ways that have actually been modeled to age in a way that is loving and self-loving and healthy and um you know not this arduous horrible thing that I think a lot of us in my age bracket kind of saw you know Mm, yeah yes creating new new models of existence Mm revolutionary you are I love it you're the best I love these conversations Lindsay so good so good it feels so round I'm glad we were able to touch on the many different 
dreaming and practical aspects mm -hmm. of this feeling <sighs> is there anything else mm -hmm. here that really wants to communicate it? Mm. yeah just that as a aging do I even use that word as a woman moving through her seasons and cycles um, you're the authority of your own own experience you know and to reach out for help and assistance and to ask questions and to get curious um, but don't be told how it's going to happen for you <laughs> just like in birth mm. don't be you are the expert here. I love exactly. this. And if I really feel into everything that you've you've generously opened up with us today, it's really like it's a birthing it of our whole new it is. into this. It is. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see who I am on the other side of this. I've got many years in front of me. Yes, many years. <laughs> oh, so gorgeous. Mm. Thank you so much this Carrie and tell us where can we connect with you and I will put links below on Instagram you know on the side um <laughs> uh on Instagram where I spend way too much time at Carrie Krieger which is my name which is all of the difficult ways to spell it but it'll be there um and kerrykrieger.com beautiful thank you dear sister and uh, thank you beloved we'll see you back on the podcast in three years <laughs> <laughs> much love I'm Lindsay Curtis, and thank you for listening to Her Return, the podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share it with another beautiful woman, especially any of those beautiful women and sisters in your life that may be around the perimenopausal window. And if you're ready to go deep into becoming yourself, a woman who fiercely follows her soul desires, then let's connect and see if courting desire a nine-month journey beginning in October 2022 is for you. Until we meet again, may you return home to yourself today.